Spirit of God, we invite you to fall in this place. You came to set the captives free. You came to redeem us. You bought us. You saved us. You've marked us. You kept us. And you filled us. And mighty God, this weekend, as we've worshiped you and you inhabit the praise of your people, would you let your spirit fall and give us fresh revelation from your word? Lord, we ask you to move at every campus. And in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Give me one more shout, would you? Wow. Great to see you. Listen, I don't care if this is your first time or thousandth time. I don't care what you've experienced, where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how deep the hole our God is able to reach down. It doesn't matter how deep the debt. It doesn't matter how deep the cancer. It doesn't matter how bad your marriage is or your ministry or your business is. Our God is in the business of, of moving. He's in the business of miracles. He's in the business of coming through. So no matter where you are, listen, no matter what you're facing, no matter how high the mountain, it's not too big for our God. Come on, somebody in the house. That's what he does. That's what he does. Man, I don't know about you, but I've tasted freedom and I like it. Anybody like the freedom? Anybody tasted it? Come on, every campus. Wow. I just got to tell you, I am fired up to be a part of a church where people are getting freed up, where people are getting focused, where people are falling in love with Jesus. I'm grateful for a core of people, thousands of people at Faith Promise globally who care, who share, who sacrifice, who serve, who give so that the agenda of God could be advanced and that people could be saved and lives could be changed. What I've learned, if I've learned anything in 33 years of ministry, that is this, that the kingdom of God advances on the twin tracks of faith. That's why we are faith promise. We have faith in the promises of God, the track of faith and the track of sacrifice. Would y'all agree with that? All right, 12 of you, would y'all agree with that? Come on. So... We are in a long line of people. The book of Hebrews says that we are, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and those witnesses have sacrificed. The people of God, thousands of years before we got here, have sacrificed to advance the agenda of God. You go all the way back to Moses, the Exodus. He goes and get rescues the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. They're in the desert, and God says, build me a place of worship. It was called the tabernacle. And the people gave millions and millions and millions of dollars, and they built a portable church called the Tabernacle. Fast forward into the time of the kings, and God moves on David's heart, and David was a worshiper. David loved God. David said, I want to build a temple that has never been seen on the planet. And so David began to take offerings and amass wealth, and God said, you can't build it, but your son Solomon will build it. And he built the temple, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, that the value would be incalculable. We weigh gold by grams and ounces. In the, t- in the temple, they weighed gold by the tons, t- hundreds and hundreds of tons of gold. It was unbelievable. Then fast forward to the New Testament and the church rises and the mission movement and compassion giving to care for the poor and the hungry, giving to send missionaries around the world, and building places of worship like the people of God had done for thousands of years. That's the deal. So what we're doing as a church, if you're new, you're not going to know about this, but if you've been around for a while, you're going to understand this language. We're moving into what we call a season of heart 
for the harvest. It's an annual offering that we take, and the sacrifice that we're going to talk about this weekend, the next three weekends of the topic is sacrifice, our subject. And in the fourth weekend, three weeks now, four weekends, we're going to give God a special offering, and we call it Heart for the Harvest. It is to advance the agenda of God. That's why we give it. That's what it's there for. We don't do capital campaigns. We don't do anything else. We give our regular tithes, and we take one special offering up a year. So that's just what we do. Since the founding of Faith Promise over 20 years ago, and at this service at Pellissippi, we've got Terry and Arlie DuPonts with us. Found a faith promise right there. They're right where are you guys at? Right here. Come on, guys. Welcome them back. We love them. There are missionaries to, uh, to Central America. Actually, Terry not only helped found Faith Promise, but he also helped found Faith Promise Costa Rica. Promise de Fe in Costa Rica, and he just keeps on serving. But since the founding of Faith Promise, let me tell you what, what Faith Promise people have done. They have sacrificed for people that they won't meet until they get to heaven. That's just what this church has been all about. The people in Costa Rica that we help build that campus, you won't meet them until you get to heaven. The people in the orphanages in Haiti, you won't meet them until you get to heaven. Those old African children you're feeding in the feeding center in Sayubenza, that you, you, that you won't meet them until you get to heaven. Those hundreds of churches we planted in Pakistan and North India, those people you'll meet when you get to heaven. And I could go on and on and on. This church has sacrificed to touch people that they will never know here. Amen. It's just what we've done. When I was in, take a, a trip, to, a team to Israel, and by the way, the next trip is March of 2017, you want to save your money, because it was the greatest week I've ever had in my life. And I've traveled a lot of places, that trip to Israel, and you want to go the next time. We're going to take a little larger group, so you want to go. But we went to Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust Museum. Now, if you're up on current events, you'll know that around the world, they're trying to say the Holocaust never happened. You do know that, don't you? It's unbelievable the anti-Semitism that is on the rise worldwide. God said those that, those that bless Israel will be blessed. Those that pray for the peace of Jerusalem will be blessed, and that's us. And so I have a cross, of, I'm going to have a star of David, and on top of that I have a crucifixion because the son of David, Jesus, was crucified out of the lineage of King David. And so I don't know about y'all, but, man, I, I love Israel. And so, but at Yad Vashem, there's a street that called the Street of the Gentiles. And that are, those are about... 1,200 to 1,400 families that helped the Jews during the Holocaust and before. Corey Tim Boom, Albert Schindler of Schindler's List and all that. But what they do is they plant a tree in their honor. And the tree is a tree that will not produce fruit for 20 to 30 years. And they plant that tree because anybody that plants that tree knows one thing. You plant it, you'll never get to eat of it. Because you'll be dead by the time it produces fruit. So you don't plant it for you. You plant it for the next generation. And that's what we do. We give for others and we give for the next generation. Are you with me? That's what Heart for the Harvest is all about. It's why we do what we do. It's around the world, the impact that Faith Promise is making. It's the heart of how and why and when we were birthed to do that. And God has continued to bless that agenda. Now, as you pray about in the next three weeks, what will be your part of Heart for the Harvest special offering? I want to remind you of one thing. If you're listening, say, hey, I am. The stuff that's so important to us today, it won't matter when we get to heaven. Do you think you'll care in heaven how well manicured your yard was here? 
Because thank God there's not going to be weeds in heaven. Weeds came from the curse. There's not going to be weeds in heaven. I can't wait. Whoever brought kutsu vines to America is going to hell. I don't know who did it, but man, I had a yard full of kutsu vines once. It grew four feet a day. There was no way to stay it. And so that, that's just, that's what we do. Stuff that, stuff that is so important, that's what I want you to get. Today that you worry about, that you fret over, it won't matter. Are you with me? You won't even care. All the gold that you love and worship, you will walk on streets of gold in heaven. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're all worried about gold. It's asphalt in heaven. Is it, are y'all with me? And so we need, to get our, we need to get an eternal perspective, not just an earthly perspective. Following Jesus is, has always been, and always will about other people. Do y'all agree with that? It's about other people. Matter of fact, it says, in, uh, or let me ask you a question. As Christ followers, shouldn't sacrifice be a part of our DNA? All right, that's four of you. Shouldn't sacrifice be a part? Come on, somebody at Blunt County, North Knoxville, help me this weekend. The people of God should be marked by sacrifice. And yet, we love sacrifice by somebody else. We love to watch, man, we love to watch an athlete work hard and train and win the gold. Man, we celebrate that. We go to a war movie, and when the, when the Marine jumps on the grenade and sacrifices himself, man, we applaud that. But when sacrifice comes down to your house and your seat, we're not as excited about it, are we? Are y'all with me? And now, we're getting hard for the harvest, and listen, let me warn you. People get funky when we get to heart for the harvest. Matter of fact, we have grown all year. We're 20%. Last weekend, we had 1,500 more people than the same weekend the year before. So we're at a major clip. Let me tell you, here's what the year looks like. Are you ready? Man, we hit January like a sledgehammer. We roll, we roll, we dip a little bit in the summer. Then July, we take off, we take off, we take off. Heart for the harvest. Now, I don't know about you, but I like a graph that goes up and to the right. More's better in my book. Are y'all with me? More's better. When it comes to ice cream, more's better. When it comes to money, more's better. But, but you know, because people quit coming for four weekends because they don't realize they don't want to give and they don't want to be tricked. I've already got it. I've already, listen, I've already got it. All the preacher wants is my money. All the preacher wants, no, no, no. All the preacher wants is every bit of you. Sold out to King Jesus. Sold out to King Jesus. See, when you were born again, you bowed your knee, you surrendered. You don't have any more money. Everything you have is his. Are y'all, do y'all, did y'all get that? Confess me as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him for that, you'll be saved. See, we surrendered everything except my money. And this is my prayer that the, by the power of God, God will take a lasso of the Holy Spirit and rope your heart and pull down the idol of greed. Because listen, greedy people are not happy people. Are you with me? I was with a guy a couple days ago, multi-multi-billionaire. This is what he told me. He said, Chris, when I die, I want to be known for giving more than I ever received. Guy's a multi-multi-multi-billionaire. Made $3 billion last year. That's a good year, in case you're wondering. <laughs> and, and so, the, that's, man, that's my prayer for you. You just want my money? No, I want you freed up, filled up, anointed, blessed. I'd love every single person in faith promised to be rich, that we were all conduits, that God could trust. He could dump money in us, and that money would flow through us and flow to where God wants. Listen, if God could trust you, he would pour it out in you.
Yeah, see? Yeah. That's called, you know what that is? That's a golf clap. Because you didn't like that. I, I don't care. Listen, I, you can't believe how little I care that you don't like that. And if you don't like it, send all your ugly emails to jwhitehead at faithpromise.org. Because I don't care. It, my, listen, it's not my job to make you happy. It's my job to make you holy. It's my job to help you lay yourself on the altar of sacrifice. Romans, Romans 12.1 says this, I beseech you, therefore, because God is so good, if you read Romans 11, that because God is so good, I'm urging you, brethren, by the mercies of God. Has anybody ever tasted the mercies of God? Because of God's mercy to present your bodies as a living and holy what? Sacrifice, which is acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of what? We are to live sacrificially. We lay our lives down. We die to ourselves. We live to God. We die to our flesh. We're filled by the Holy Spirit, and we walk with him. Is anybody with me? So for the next four weekends, we are going to dive into chapters of the Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. And, and then in the fourth weekend, we're going to take up an offering. We take up one offering a year. Now, every week, people give online and offering boxes, and they text their offering in, and they mail their offering in, and we give a lot of different ways, our regular ties, but we do one special offering. It'll happen in four weekends. So I'm asking you to do a couple things. Number one, fast with us. Start tomorrow. Three weeks, 21 days, you know, a meal fast something, do a Daniel fast, do something, spend time, extra time with God and ask God one thing, God, what do you want me and my family to do in Heart for the Harvest? If you'll pray and obey, everything we need will be given. Would y'all agree with that? So just, in the, and, and meditate in these two chapters because these two chapters are dealing with a specific and a special offering that all the churches of Macedonia and Corinth were giving for the relief of the poor Christians who were in famine and persecution in Jerusalem. Now, these people in Corinth didn't know these Christians in, in, in Jerusalem, in Philippi, and in Colossae, and Laodicea, and the Thessalonians, and the Bereans. They did not know those believers in, in Jerusalem, but they were, they were raising a huge offering for their relief. And so we are raising up an offering. Again, many of us, for we're planting a tree that will never sit under the shade, will never eat of the fruit, because it's for someone else, it's for another generation. In 2 Corinthians 7, 16, Paul's Paul setting them up, getting ready. He said, I rejoice that in everything I have what? In you. <clears throat> Can I tell you? Faith promises always come through. Now, it's always been a remnant. What if all of us come through? What if all of us say, I'm going to do my part. I want to be a part of the vision. I want to be a part of what God is doing. If we all decide we're all going to be a part, it'll be in Ephesians 3.20, Katie, bar the door deal. It, it's what it'll, so let me, let's roll through 2 Corinthians 8, starting in verse 1. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which was given to the churches of Macedonia. I love this because talks, Paul talks about the grace that was given. Why? Because they took up a huge offering for people that they did not know, the churches of Macedonia. Now, what's the big deal? That in a great ordeal of what? Well, pastor, I'm having too much trouble to participate. I want you to look at the people that gave. In their affliction, in their abundance of what? They're afflicted, persecuted, and broke, and yet they have abundance of what? In their deep what? See, they're afflicted and they're broke, but they're joyful, overflowed in the wealth of their liberality or their generosity. Paul said, I'm telling you, 
I testify to you that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave. Beyond their ability. They gave of their own accord. <laughs> this one day, church, faith promise you're going to do this one day and then I'm going to heaven. One day. <laughs> begging, begging us and urging. Listen, it's a double beg. Begging us with much urging for the favor of what? Participation in the support of the saints. Please, Paul, let us give. Let us give. One day, church, one day you're going to say, come on, preacher, let us give some more. Do you see how it stopped? <laughs> come on. Man, that's the deal. I mean, because listen, it's not let us give. It's all that preacher wants is my money. And I hear that all the time. I don't want a dime of your stinking money. Man, come on. Wake Grow up. See, this is the deal. Let me tell you what your flesh is doing. I watch this in drug addicts all the time. They'll get clean, and, and they'll be clean for a month or six or eight weeks, and then they want some drugs. Are you with me? Their flesh, which is driving them, will begin to move them down a path they'll end up in drugs. And I'll say to them, and I'm, I've done this to a bunch, I'll say, listen, you've done A and you've done B. C is you'll be back on a crack pipe. Never. But their flesh wants the drugs. And so it moves them. Many of you don't want to give. And so you begin finding things you don't like about faith promise about this time of the year. Because, see, your flesh wants to keep all y'all money. And so you look around and say, well, well, golly, I can't believe they do that. Somebody said, I can't believe the church paid for Zach and Rachel's trip to Israel. I paid for Zach and Rachel's trip to Israel. I paid for it. I paid for my assistant's way to go to Israel. I paid for my wife's way to go to Israel. I paid for my way to go to Israel. Are you with me? The church didn't pay a dime for that Israel trip. See, if you would begin trusting us and looking for a reason not to give because you're greedy and stingy, we would see revival break out of Faith Promise Church. Come on. <clears throat> now, if you don't like that, it's because you're greedy. Wake up. It's like looking at a drug addict that I've grabbed by the scruff of the neck and said, your next step is a crack pipe. Never. Wake up and see. See, they, they were begging that they could support the saints. And it's because Paul said, listen, y'all don't have the money. Y'all don't give. They said, oh, no, 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 no. Please let us give. I love this. And not as we had expected because what could you expect? They're broke. First, they gave themselves to what? And see, people that are saved are generous. Or shouldn't they be? Should they be? It's crickets. You hear that? Cheep, 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 cheep. Cheep, cheep, cheep. Chirp, chirp, cheep, cheep. I didn't plan that, but thank you, Lord. That was good. Here we go. <laughs> and they gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as he had previously made a beginning. See, a year ago, Titus told the Corinthians, you guys get ready. We're about to make a trip through Macedonia. We're going to take up a big offering. We're coming back through Corinth, and you guys be ready to give when we get back. So that he would com also complete in you this gracious work. You guys knew about it. Now we're asking you to give it as well. Just as you abound. Hey, Corinthians, you guys abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge. Man, you guys have got it. You got in earnestness, in love, which we inspired in you. See that you abound in this gracious work also. What was the grace, of course, also that they should abound in? The offering. The offering. 
Now, I, now get this part. I'm not speaking this as a command. I'm not commanding you. See, in the next chapter we're going to talk about a couple weeks, it says, do not give out of necessity or out of compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I used, I've used that verse a thousand times wrongly, I realize. I've spent three months, two months meditating in these two chapters. And it dawned on me, the Spirit of God showed me that no giving necessity out of compulsion was for the special offering. See, what we do is say, well, I don't want to give, so the Bible says I don't have to give, period. You give your tithes whether you like it or not. So you didn't like that part either. Come on. No wonder we drop in attendance and heart for the harvest. See, you see, but proving the earnest of yourselves, he says, listen, I want, you, I want you to do this. I'm not, he said, I'm not giving this to you as a command. Don't give out an necessity or a compulsion. God is your forgiver. He's talking about this heart for the harvest offering that we're taking or this offering that they were taking. Your tithes, those belong to God, period. Are you with me? Come on. Come on. That's the deal. Now, he said, if you'll do this, if you'll take this offering, you'll be generous. You're proving through the earnestness of others the sincerity of your love. How do I prove I love? By being generous to other people. You want to be like Jesus? Love everybody and be a giver. That's just what Jesus was. For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich. Do you think Jesus had it good in heaven before the cross? We can't even imagine how good it must have been. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became what? That through his poverty might become rich. That he humbled himself, submitted himself, sacrificed himself, and God gave him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess, that Jesus is Lord of the glory of God the Father. See, and, and if you humble yourself on the mighty hand of God, he'll exalt you in due season. See, the world's way is arrogance and trying to be first. God's way is submission and sacrifice, and he'll, rise, he'll raise you up. Are y'all with me? Is anybody with me? See, this is the deal, man. This is the deal. Now, the Apostle Paul lived this out in technicolor. We have it in about, you know, two-thirds of the, of the Bible. Now, in the last several weeks, we've been doing promos leading up to Heart for the Harvest. We shot those promos in Rome. We were visiting some of our missionaries in Verona. Then we went over to Rome for a day and shot these, and we walked the last steps of Paul. We were in a place called Mamertine Prison, and, and Mamertine Prison was not a prison. It was a deep hole in the ground. A cavern, you walk down steps to a cavern, then you walk down another step, steps to a lower cavern. It was probably six to eight-foot ceilings, a 10-by-ten 10 10 room hewn out of the rock. That's what it was, the Mamertine Prison. It would be filled with feces. It would be filled with urine. It would have dried blood, maggots, flies, basically the worst of the worst place on the planet. And there was Paul down in that prison, knowing that when they took him out, they were going to go cut his head off. Now, Paul could have easily, all he had to do was say, hey, Jesus is not Lord Caesar is, and he was free. But Paul was not going to quit. I have been blown away for three decades at what little it takes to make Christians quit. It's pathetic what it takes to make Christians quit. Matter of fact, I think many of them are not Christians because Jesus said those that, those that are saved will endure to the end. Isn't it amazing? Well, the preacher didn't say hi to me. I'm leaving. Grow up. Get a cotton-picking life, would you? Come on, somebody. Man, I, you know, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I'm my, I'm my, my, me, me, my, 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 my. It's about others. It's about others. So Paul is there. He writes all kind of letters in his prison times 
But in this time in Mamertine, he writes his second letter to Timothy, his son in the ministry, where he says, Timothy, I finished the course. I fought a good fight. There's now laid up for me a crown of righteousness in heaven. He said, I'm thrilled to write this because I didn't give up. I didn't quit. I stayed the course. I was faithful to God. Now, in prison, he witnessed to all these kind of guards. He did all kind of ministry in prison. Can I tell you something? Ministry, prison is a great place to do ministry. See, when I thought of an inmate, I thought of walking down a long, dark hallway full of cells where people are yelling and spitting at you. What we found was something so different. We found that these people were just people, someone who has a family, someone who made a mistake, and then the only difference between them and us was that they got caught and we didn't. What has existed in prison ministry thus far is once or twice a year, a few dedicated people are willing to go in and share the word with a few men or women and then leave and go home. See, for me, that wasn't enough. We were portraying the hope of Jesus Christ as a mirage. We were going in, speaking the good news and this hope that Jesus could provide, but the second we left, our relationship stopped there. There was no community, no follow-up. There was really no care. I begin to wonder, what if the church showed up I mean, really showed up in our prisons. That's what God Behind Bars is all about, mobilizing the church to unleash God's grace on people in prison. Hey, Faith Primus, well, Jake Bodine, he is the founder of God Behind Bars. Good to be here. Thank you. We are... Part of our Heart for the Harvest this year, we're going to launch a campus in an East Tennessee prison. Uh, amen. So we are we're partnering with God Behind Bars. And, and I, I told Jake when he walked out last night in our Saturday night service, I said, dude, man, you look young to be leading one of the largest prison ministries in America. How old are you? I'm only 27 on Friday. I know these guys are making me feel real good. My wife told me I was old, so... This is, uh, I'm glad you guys think that's young. Yeah, well, at 55, 27 <laughs> is, is, is young. Don't ever say you can't do something great for God because you're young. Y'all hear me, church? Don't ever do it. So, Jake, let me ask you some questions. Number one, how did GBB, what's what we call God Behind Bars, GBB, how did you get started? Well, I've always uh, grown up in a ministry family. My dad leads a church similar to this one uh, out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, I grew up as a pastor's kid, and the pressures of that, I think, um, kind of turned my life uh, back towards some of uh, my own self-consumption, uh, and God kind of got me out of my element, and I went and played uh, college football in Southern California, and during that time, uh, I was attending a church down there, and uh, God really grabbed a hold of my heart for ministry and uh, how the local church can be relevant uh, to the world, even though for a long time I felt that it was irrelevant uh, to the world. And uh, I moved back to Las Vegas. My entire life I've had kind of the passion for the underdog. That's why I root for the volunteers. And uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I had this passion for the underdog. And I think that uh, what I truly believe is that when the world sees failure, God sees future. Mm, I love and that. every one of these guys has a story. Every one of us have a story. And God is not done uh, with our story. And so I think that's 
the passion that drove me to mobilize the local church back into these prison communities. Amen. Now we we say guys, but you have prison, you have churches that you're helping in in women's prisons also. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we just launched uh, our first prison in Tennessee uh, at Tennessee Prison for Women uh, down in Nashville. Amen. So. So that's what Pete Wilson, Pete's spoken here, friend of ours at Source Sister Church, and, and so we're stoked about we're stoked. What is it like to do church in prison? Yeah, the same thing that we experience here on a weekend is what we try to replicate back inside of the prison. Uh, if you went to a multi-site campus of Faith Promise, that exact same experience that you had there uh, will provide to those guys inside of this prison so that they have a church to call home uh, while they're still incarcerated, uh, and then that it's a church to go back to uh, once they get out. And one of my favorite parts about our ministry is that we don't just focus on this population of people. We really kind of expand out into their family members as well. Uh, and so through a technology we call Church Inside, which is similar to your online campus, uh, we provide an opportunity for these families to attend church together. So mom logs on at the exact same time her adult son uh, is watching inside of a prison or the spouse is watching and uh, they get to attend church as a family. And what that does is create a common ground that may not otherwise be there uh, in their phone calls, their letters, their visitation. So uh, I think that's one of my favorite parts about our ministry as well is that not just focusing on these guys, but really impacting the entire culture. Well, I love it. One, you, one of the things you'll help us lead is celebrate recovery. And I heard a stat that over 90% of everyone that's incarcerated was due to drugs and alcohol. So there's a lot of things that we'll do at Faith Promise behind bars, but if you could pick uh, a story to share that's happened from GBB, what, what would it give us one? I think uh, my favorite thing about our ministry is, and we tell our team all the time, is that we get more out of it than they do, and uh, what it uh, stretches our team on a daily basis to do, uh, but one of my favorite things in, in the spirit of talking about sacrifice this week uh, we got a letter just a couple of months ago, and prison has a different type of currency. It's not the same currency of cash and dollars that uh, you and I use, but uh, things out of their commissary. And one of those things is postage stamps. It's their only connection back out into the free world. And so uh, we had a guy write a letter, and he accepted Christ one weekend at one of our services, and uh, he talked about the sacrifice that he wants to make, and he gave uh, this entire sleeve of postage stamp, and he said, this is all that I have to my name, and I want to give it all to God so that he knows that I'm all in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, uh, what really stretches us on a daily basis is see these guys that come from almost nothing but are giving everything. Mm. Well, one of the things that I, I'm super excited about is, is, is what you do at Christmas and, mm -hmm. and really what we'll do, but you'll help facilitate. So tell us about the Christmas deal. Yeah, so we uh, heard a stat in the last 18 months that there was 8.5 million kids in the U.S. that have a parent incarcerated. And statistics show that 85% of them will go uh, to prison themselves. So we, uh, needless to say, we kind of got punched in the face by God that we needed uh, to do something about that. And so uh, we've created this 10-month family-long journey to where dad or mom is starting to become a parent in their kid's life again. Uh, and we kick off this 10-month journey through our event called All is Bright that we do every Christmas. And we invite these kids to the prison to experience Christmas with their parents. We change uh, this room into a winter wonderland. We provide Christmas dinner. Santa Claus is there for Christmas photos. But my favorite thing is that all of our church partners donate brand new toys, brand new clothes. We take them inside of the prison, and dad gets to go shop in this mock store environment, 
pick out gifts for his kids. The volunteers are there to wrap them, address them to the children, and then he gets to go be the hero in that child's life again and present them Christmas. So, man, that is awesome. 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 Man, Faith promise you excited. Man, give Jake a hand, man. Thank Thanks, you. my brother. Appreciate Love you. you. There is a, a card in every other seat. If you want to be a part of, I mean, you'd like to go serve at, uh, you'd like to know more information about that when we lost this campus in 2016 behind bars, if you would just fill that out, name, email, and phone, you can put it in the offering box uh, at any of our campuses, and, and you can be a part of that. And, man, we're so excited about that. I believe that this moves the heart of God. Do you all believe that? Man, I believe this is something Jesus wants us to do. Now, let me wrap this up. Again, Heart for the Harvest is a one-time, one, once annually free will offering. We, use th- we do three things with it. Campus expansion, debt reduction, and compassion initiatives. Those are the three things we do. So let me, if you're new, let me tell you what's gone on so far. Uh, it began in 2010. By the way, we've given almost $6 million in Heart for the Harvest so far since we started. We started in 2010, and we spent $1.2 million, and we launched our Blunt County campus. Now, people said it can't work. It can't happen. We sent about 225 people from Pellissippi to Blount County. They'll have 1,100 people this weekend in three services about to go to four. Hundreds of people have been saved. Unbelievable. In 2011, we sponsored a couple of orphanages in Haiti. Remember, the, they're still living in tent cities even today in Haiti. We sponsored orphanages in Haiti. In 2011, we launched our UT campus. We currently, that is not online But when the right time comes and the right leader emerges, we are going to open back up our University of Tennessee campus. April 2012, we launched our North Knoxville campus. We did it in the Expo Center for a couple years. We then moved it uh, to the Trinity Chapel Church building. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Pellissippi, we borrowed a certain amount of money. Frankly, I don't remember what it it was. And we said, we're not going to borrow anymore. And we took about $2.4 million, $2.45 million, and we finished the last campus expansion of the Pellissippi campus. Then, uh, September 23, we launched the Anderson and Campbell County campus. We launched Costa Rica, uh, Promesa de Fe, in 2014. Again, now they're in multi-services, about to go multi-site. And so, stinking excited about that. In 2014, we built our Sayabenza Feeding Center in Sayabenza, South Africa. Chris Ladd, we love you, brother. By the way, Chris Ladd just got married. And if I was alone in South Africa, I'd want to be married too. We love you, Chris. So, we, we put a feeding center in Sayabenza. Uh, we built a conference center in a deaf village where the Bukamas, another faith promise family, are missionaries there. We built a conference center so they can generate revenue. See, it's not about just giving money. We built that so these folks graduate from school. They can have a job. We did that spring of 15. Uh, in July of 15, we finished the Campbell County campus renovation. It looks so good. Excited about it. Now, there are many other things I'm hitting the highlights. Now, here's what's coming up uh, this year. Projected for 2016, you just heard about it, God Behind Bars will be launching a campus. I am so excited about that. 
Loudoun County campus will be launched, our projected date, August 2016. All of our Loudoun County people fired up about that. We will purchase the Trinity Chapel building in North Knoxville, Six, 14 or 16 acres, 40,000 square feet, 12 years old. We will buy that for $1.741 million. That'll come out of Heart for the Harvest. And that is a $10 million project if we went and bought 14 acres in North Knoxville and built 40,000 square feet, it costs us $10 million. We're buying it for 1.7. Thank you, God. In September of 19, what I want you to see is there's a five-year plan that we're already into. We're already in the second year of our five-year plan. We are going to have to relocate the Blount County campus. We signed a 10-year lease. We've already talked to the people that now own the building. Our rent is going to double in 2016. Not to mention it's too small. They're in three services this morning, about to add a fourth on Sunday morning. Uh, so, but, so what we got to do now, in our, in our projections of what we said we were going to do the Heart for the Harvest, we, we did not consider having to buy and move. We were just going to expand and thought we would stay. And so that is gonna, that's going to take it up. Matter of fact, Pastor Matt has found an unbelievable opportunity for us in North Knoxville that, that, we, that we can possibly, possibly take advantage of 17 acres, prime real estate, and a building already on it that we can get for about a million dollars. Now, we cannot get it if Heart for the Harvest doesn't skyrocket this year. I'm not trying to put guilt. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you the facts. Because, see, we already have committed to buy this building in 2018. So in 2018, we have to have $1.71 million to pay for that facility. Now, to be able to move, and I'd like to move before our lease is up, so would Pastor Matt at Blunt County. So, we, so I'm praying for Ephesians 3.20. Now, now I did, what I didn't mention is, is in 2010, when we started this, we had 3,000 people in one location. We gave $1.2 million the first Heart for the Harvest. Last year, we had 6,000 people in five locations, and we gave $1.2 million in Heart for the Harvest. Hmm. Does that sound right to y'all? No. No, 3,000 new people. It, it, listen, it can't just be the remnant that sacrifices every year. Are you with me? Man, it's, it's all of us. I need you. God is doing a spectacular work in our midst. People from all over America are watching what God is doing. I was with a group of pastors this last week. They said, you can't run 7,000 in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's not possible. I said, well, we'll be 10,000 by 2020. And see, people are getting hope because of what God is doing here. We're reaching people. And so this vision is bigger than any of us. And I'm asking you to join. I'm asking you to sacrifice. I have no problem with that. No problem. Man, no problem. In, Corinth, in, in, in the Macedonian churches, they begged, they begged to get to give, and the only beggar at faith promises me. I can live with that. Because you know what? I want to make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee. If i got to beg and grovel so we can keep adding campuses, that's exactly what I'll do. If Jesus died naked on a cross without his skin, I can beg. We, folks, we have got to give it all for God. Are y'all with me in the house? Come on. Now, I've given you a ton of information, and the reason I did is because people are down on what they're not up on. 
And the reason, I just gave you, again, a high-level view. It's in your seat. You can take it with you. I gave you a high-level view of what we've done, where the money's gone, and what we will do, where the money will go. I've just told you. And so I'm praying that, man, we come together again. We won't hear about this for another year when this is over. We'll go back to our regular ties and the deal. But, but it costs money to do ministry. And when you got here your first time, somebody paid for a parking lot before your tail ever drove up on a parking lot. And somebody paid for a kid's ministry before you ever came. And somebody built a building before you ever came. And when you walked in and you gave your heart to Jesus and you tasted freedom and your chains were set free, it's because some sacrificial saint laid his life down so there would be a place for you. Let's pass that baton. Let's say, I'm in. Like that prisoner, I'm all in. I'm ready to give. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to serve. You can count on me. Somebody give God some worship in his house. Woo. Oh, my soul and body. I'm done. One more time and I'm going home to crash. And I, I love you. I love you. People are getting set free and saved. I love you. I'm going to pray and dismiss this in just a minute at every campus. The, the prayer people are, are coming, and they're ready to pray for you for salvation or whatever you need because, again, we're here. To, Jesus came to set the captives free. He came. So they'll be there to pray for you. There's a communication card in front of you. You can fill out whatever you need. We'll be in touch with you. If you're on the Internet campus, you can go to our chat room, or you can click right there on the communication card, and we'll be in touch with you. Listen, we love you. God, thank you that you gave it all that you held nothing back for us or from us. God, and you gave us your son, and we're grateful. And through he was rich, he became poor, that through his poverty might become rich. And God, we are rich in salvation. We are rich in freedom, and we're grateful. God, would you speak to every single saint at Faith Promise Church? I pray this year, God, that we won't decrease in attendance because of an offering, but we will increase because the people of God love you and love your vision. So, God, I pray that you move. Build your church like you said you would. Use us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, somebody gave him some praise. We love you. We'll see you guys next weekend.